we see two figures sitting in a medium-sized fishing boat on a lake. One figure pulls a crank, which in turn lifts a winch out of the water. As he pulls the rope up, there is a body on the end. We've got another one, harmonica, says the voice. Now let's check it, ukulele, says the second. As they pull the corpse aboard, they begin to ravage it for gold and search its pockets for items of value. Score, says the first. Gold rings, ten of them, one on each finger. I told you coming here it was a good idea, says the second. Now imagine if we could dive down to the depths. We'd be rich, rich, I tell you. We zoom out of this conversation as they lower the winch in search of more halls. And we see around this lake stone wall. We zoom further out and we see this lake is somewhat of a man-made construction in the middle of the mountains. As we realize this lake was formerly Dragon's Roost. One potential outcome of Cassidy's adventure. But how will it truly end? Welcome back to Co-Pilots for episode 2 of Flying Solo. I'm your co-pilot, Andy. And I'm your co-co-pilot and dungeon master, Cam. And I feel ashamed, hurt, and sorry for what we've done here (laughs) on Co-Pilots, the show about launching pilot episodes of new podcasts, because we've done what we shouldn't and decided to do an episode two, because we just couldn't leave you hanging on the adventures of Cassidy Butterbeard in the town of Dragon Roost, etc. Well, how about you be happy for us for finding one we actually enjoy doing? Sorry, that was that was a bit aggressive, but <laughs> my ears hurt. <laughs> <laughs> well, I suppose what we need to do is kind of pick up uh, where we left off on episode one. If you if you wouldn't mind kind of painting us a word picture. This Cassidy Butterbeard has been looking longingly into the eyes of Chatters, just trying to figure out a plan of what to happen next. With, of course, her, her uh, I don't want to say sidekick, but for lack of a more appropriate phrase, sidekick Lithwick. Or uh, assistant or, or companion, if we're to use the, uh, the Doctor Who style. Like, kind of intellect for hire in this case. In it, yeah. Kind of a, I guess, uh, a mercenary of the mind. I actually quite like that. (laughs) TM, TM, TM. TM, TM. So we open as we part the clouds over Dragon Roost. Like the opening of The Simpsons. Dungeons and Dragons. As we kind of come down from the sky over the mountains and we see the dark clouds and they get darker and, and grittier over Dragon's Roost. But we don't see thunder or lightning and the immense rain pouring down as we come down over the mountains to this valley city with its walls turning it into a self-proclaimed punch bowl. (laughs) And we come down to the streets, down, down lower, as we see the rain hammering down on the people. It's not unsurvivable. It's not untenable at the moment. People are still free to to walk around as they wish, but it's definitely raincoat and brolly 
weather, to say the least. And we come down on Cassidy Butterbeard and her companion slash mercenary of the mind. I wish I had uh, just thought of that one now instead of <laughs> instead of that, that former moment being the reveal. As they walk along in these rainy streets, southward in the city, towards the castle of High Prince Apollo, on their journey to find a wizard. But on their way over, as they're walking through an industrial district, a drow woman in a door whistles to them and calls them over. Hello there. Uh, why, Litwick, it's good to see you. And I think you, you turn and see Litwick sort of pinching the bridge of his nose at seeing this person. <laughs> a little embarrassed, perhaps annoyed. And uh, who might you be there, my dear? She says to Cassidy Butterbeard. Oh, hello, lovely. Uh, you must. Ap- I, I do apologize for my uh, for my appearance. Kind currently, we're kind of running around doing errands. I do usually look attached, more, uh, more, more appropriate, a little bit more presentable with flowers in my beard, etc., etc. I'm rambling. I'm so sorry. Setting up caveats. I am Cassidy Butterbeard. Pleasure to make your acquaintance. And she extends a hand tenderly. This drowman looks down at your hand, somewhat uncertainly but then she takes it and shakes it firmly uh, grasping it with the other hand as well almost trump style and says it's a pleasure to meet you i'm uh renarin you i think have met my brother adolan uh what did you think of him well in fact i thought he was quite a doll didn't i he's quite a charming fellow but it's all in the name i see and uh biz butterbeard what would you say is your stance on the uh, the rule of these three high princes of ours? Hmm. That's a tricky one. I mean, the young one, Apollo, he seems to be quite, quite a lovely boy. Uh, the other two I don't really have opinions on yet. I'm sure I'll have opinions on them by the end of the story arc. <laughs> but in terms of the rule, I mean, we're never going to truly love those who rule over the people of, of a town. You know, they end up being the focus of a bit of disdain, don't they? Which is kind of where I think you're aiming at. Am I about right? Why, my dear Miss Butterbeard, you've hit the nail on the head. And you're right, especially when, when we didn't choose those leaders, wouldn't you say? Hmm. I try not to busy my mind with things of, uh, that are slightly outside of my control. I focus a little bit more on the, on the magical fancyings, you know what I mean? Hmm. Well, we, we here have started the uh, hashtag not my... And then she pauses <laughs> as a couple of guards walk past in the, in the street. A couple of uh, possibly nobles or, or soldiers in the, the High Prince's army. And she waits until she, they pass and then lowers her voice and says... Hashtag not my high prince. (laughs) Listen, we're starting something here, Cassidy. And, uh, well, it's taking over all the provinces, I think you'll find. And we're almost ready to act. Cassidy, what would you say to joining the revolution? I'll tell you what, my dear, there'll be a lovely revolution if this city still stands. I'll come talk to you after we stop this damn flood. How about that? Alrighty then, but uh, just be wary of those damn high princes, and uh, let us know if if you run into any loyalists, if you'd be so kind. 
Of course, of course, Cassidy Butterbeer is always kind. And she spins around and gestures to uh, Litwick to carry on. Uh, yeah, he's just uh, still, like, pinching the bridge of his nose. Like, clearly he's he's heard this revolution <laughs> rhetoric before. He seems to know this person and not appreciate their connection. And he seems keen to, to move on. I have a feeling she has a soap box in her inventory. <laughs> Uh, what you can see, actually, on her, her inventory is uh, she's wearing, like, a, a hard hat and she's got, like, overalls and, and flannel on underneath that. And you hear, like, <laughs> because this is the industrial district, and you hear, like, a workshop and, like, warehouse kind of stuff going on behind her. So, she like, clearly she is a person of the working class mm-hmm. trying to do right by her people, perhaps. Interesting. <laughs> it's it's curious that uh, I've already got a million opinions about this particular <laughs> character. But, 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 I think the flood is a little bit more important, at least for Cassidy Butterbeer. So I suppose um, with that mild interaction and setting up a bit of a side quest for us later on, how far away are we from the castle? We are a mere montage away. <laughs> Everybody loves a montage. Uh, so, presumably, you end this conversation and make your way towards the young High Prince's castle. And and on the way, uh, Litwick leans over and converses. Now, now, Miss Butterbeard, I, I have to ask, what exactly is the plan here? I mean, it, it it's all well and good to say you're going to collect three wizards, but what exactly are you going to do with them? Are you going to just... Walk around town with three loyal wizards? Are you going to... Where exactly are you going to send them? Well, we're going to get together and play Wizard Jenga. No, you haven't heard of Wizard Jenga? I'm joking, I'm pulling your leg. No, no, do... do <laughs> would you please be so kind as to no, tell me what... don't do this to me. What is the difference between regular Jenga and Wizard Jenga? Oh, it's essentially Jenga, but casting your, your wizard hand. Casting your wizard hand? Yes, you know, the, the spell that allows you to apparate a hand that floats through the air up to about 60 feet away from you. They're far harder to control. It really increases the difficulty curve of Janka. I kind of figured it'd be kind of... Well, I kind of figured wizards had more important things to do than running around playing wizard Jenga with wasting spell slots on shite. Well, you'll find that any activity that involves the casting of magic to such a precise level that you're handling, like, centimetre by centimetre, um, thick, rectangular, twiggy things, it really actually hones the ability. You should see, you know, some people can pick a lock. We're going off on a massive tangent here. <laughs> so, really what I think the plan should be, uh, kind of pre-wizard Jangar, of course, would be... Um, uh, Combining all of the the magical prowess, I mean, four wizarding minds are far better than one. And let's, for instance, I saved a puddle using uh, using a, a bit of a wind spell, using gust of wind, creating a, a wall to stop the flow of water. And you imagine if four of us could do something like that, or perhaps we can do a mold earth and we can create trenches. We, you know, there's so many things that we can do as a team. Do you follow? Uh, I'm with you. I, I was thinking more uh, logistically. Like, uh, say you, you find this first wizard. Uh, without my help, I believe, was the deal on this one. I'm 
you've contracted me for two wizards, yet you're bringing me along to the one high prince. Oh, of course, sir. We're just heading in the general direction. I'm, uh, I'm very one track minded. I must apologize. So, really, I think uh, your most useful word that is escaping me, um, application, would be to go and begin the negotiations with one of the two other high princes. What do you say? That that works for me. Would you say you're proficient? <laughs> All right, if if that's what you want, then I'm. Look, I'll gladly get out of your hair, Butterbeard. And, and uh, I tell you what, fix him a gold coin. Grab yourself a drink on the way. It sounds like something's in your throat, there, boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'll uh, make my way to uh, High Prince, High Prince Adama, and uh, see if I can get you an audience with him. Off you go, my boy, and taps him just very gently on the rump as she does. And Litwick slowly, casually turns around and heads at a at a very casual pace towards the uh, the palace of High Prince Adama. Cassidy's going to hold Chatters up in the air and just go, Perhaps a little bit faster, my boy! He slows down by like 2%. <laughs> dick! <laughs> Absolute dick! <laughs> Paying him. Mm. <laughs> okay, you arrive at the castle gates and you see very high, very colourful walls at this castle. What colours? Uh, a lot of reds, mainly, especially that the walls themselves are grey, but the parapets and a lot of the the decorations and additions are very a lot of reds and bright kind of colours, and the the gates themselves are very kind of shiny and golden. Uh, and you approach the two guards standing at the gate, standing there with their kind of spears crossed, very kind of, you know, keep out guards that you see in every every piece of media with guards with spears <laughs> standing at doors. So they are literally every royal guard ever. <laughs> every royal guard. Uh, and their, their uniform, you see, is also quite bright compared to, like, what you've seen uh, Adolin wearing, what you've seen Michael the Mountain wearing... Uh, very bright colours, very kind of almost flamboyant kind of decorations and additions and patterns and things. Uh, and one of them says, Halt! Who goes there? Ah, oh, hail and well met. I don't suppose that Apollo has sent word of my arrival, has he? And who would you be there, love? Uh, Cassidy Butterbeard goes there. Pleasure to, pleasure to make you acquaintance. Oh! The Dwarven Wizard! the dwarven wizard and and casts just like a little a little um light uh, lightning lure cantrip but just like up into the air not actually touching anything uh he just kind of that seems like a a bad idea if i'm with a storm happening kind of doing lightning shit seems like a <laughs> but, but hey whatever and he he just steps aside and, and opens the gate as you step through into kind of a a fairly lush garden with a path kind of not even going straight to the castle doors, but winding a bit around. And as you, you follow the path, you see a bridge over to the, the castle, which you, you see also has kind of a lot of color and red and kind of fantastic stained glass windows, but not kind of with religious figures, just like with bright, fun colors. And the roof is very, very red in the castle itself is very... Very much a castle that a child would want to <laughs> yeah, getting that want to have. And before the door, you see a kind of a bridge uh, over a, a moat, which is like 
very full and the moat kind of spills out over to a pool in one direction uh, and there's another set of guards kind of at the, the castle doors. And just skipping, I want to say, along the garden path, but I think with haste that Cassidy would be just like as the crow flies, so like touching on the path and then over some plants and some grass, <laughs> but just like straight line for them. Again, hello, well met, Cassidy Butterbeard, wizard for Apollo, looking for his wizard. Too many wizards in the sentence. You know who I am, let me in. Okay, thank you. And just like goes to just kind of surpass them. Yeah, as you do this, you're just like able to casually walk where you're going, like just through the door even, and right into this kind of, this main chamber with like wonderful, like tiled floors of like squares of black and white with a, Almost like a, a flat dais, dais in the center with a lot of kind of colors and uh, a really cool skylight at the top with not much color coming through at the uh, not much light coming through at the moment, but you can like see and hear the pitter of rain on the on the top there and a lot of uh, doors and stairs and you see at the left and the right there are stairs going upwards to a almost like a raised platform. Uh, the, at the back of the room, and it's on that platform that you see High Prince Apollo sitting on his on his very uh, decorative throne as he stands up and just kind of but the wizard, the wizard oh, hello hello there, um what's up? Hello, Apollo, Milish. How how are you? Where, where's the wizard? Sorry to cut straight to business, but I'm well, how are you? Uh yeah, um, the wizard should be in the, uh, basement if you, um, it, look, you're, you're good to go there, you still, it's just, there are noises, um, and it's kind of scary, um, but if you, it's just like a, a door down there, and you can see, like, at the front of this, this raised platform, kind of right below him, is a door, like a set of double doors that he, he kind of gestured towards for, for you to go through, and he says, um, but I'm, I'm super glad uh, that you're here because, like, the trench out the front kind of filled up with water. That that was meant to be like, like um, a tre- like there are spikes at the bottom, and it's really like scary and imposing. And now it just looks kind of girly. <laughs> um, Cassidy slows down a little bit though in his descriptors. And what do you mean there's scary noises though? Uh, just just like it, it's probably just like. Pipes or um, the house settling? That, that's what the that's what the advisors say. So that's that's probably what it is. It's I, I just don't go down there because I'm too busy. Is all. Um, I'm I'm not really scared. That was just a, yeah. It's it's fine. It's, it, go ahead. You know. Um, I'm I'm busy now. I have I have uh, uh, people to see. Um, so you know. Uh, hurry along there. Uh, was it? Oh my boy. Okay, thank you, thank you, Milish. I'll be off to to get the wizard. And under under her breath, I think Cassidy's just like I, c- I can tell he's a little bit afraid of the situation, but bless his heart. <laughs> and proceeds uh, to the door to the to the downstairs. Right, yeah, you have this this set of uh, double doors, and there's this uh, set of stairs going down with very like resplendent red carpet all the way down of course <laughs> and it just gets kind of less resplendent and more tattered until it's just like stone stairs going down like down and down further into the basement but there's fairly good lighting but it's clearly like the attention like the area of the uh, the castle which has been paid the least attention 
by Apollo in his decorating uh, as you you get down and it kind of op- opens up a bit to kind of a a larger room with a lot of like almost like water features there's like a a river kind of thing running through the middle almost like it's like this is almost on the like catacomb level so it seems like there might be an entrance to the the catacombs around here somewhere and you you hear uh, almost a voice from uh, behind one of the uh, the doors down here and it's all kind of big metal doors down Fantastic. here at this point like, <laughs> uh, and the voice is like oh dearie me oh, oh, oh. <laughs> almost like mad sounds like that what does Ms. Butterbeard do? That, is, that e- e- evokes a great deal of curiosity in Cassidy, I imagine. Pauses in a step. Uh, what's happening over there? You sound like you're having a mighty strange time. Have you seen any wizards? Uh, so do you go through the door and say that? Or is this oh, just... no, from the other side of the okay. door. We don't go through. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's like, oh, a visitor. Hello, yes. Ah, uh, my name is, ah, uh, Franklin. The wizard, um, so, yes, I've seen a wizard in the mirror. (laughs) Come on in, my dear, um, and I'll make you wizard tea. Have you had wizard tea? Uh, we're just going to hit pause for a second. Sure. Um, just on the conversation with Franklin, and I think... Oh, I don't know if Cassidy would spend the spell slot. How far away from Apollo are we right now in terms of steps? Um, probably a few, like more than a hundred, probably. All right, hang on to your thoughts, Sarah, my boy. She sprints up the stairs back to Apollo. When she gets to Apollo, provided we don't encounter anything, Apollo, my boy, uh, I should have asked you something pretty important. What's the wizard's name? Um, uh, I think it's, um... You think it's... (laughs) Yeah, um... It was, like, (laughs) Sanford, or... Or was that... No, that's the man who delivers the... No, it's, uh... You've circumvented my... (laughs) It's, uh... Katsuki? No, uh... He's a Japanese wizard. Plasetsky? No, oh... um... (laughs) Placenta? What, what... Uh, um, it's all good. It's all good. Thank you, Malish. What? Why? <laughs> She's gone. <laughs> She's back down. And we'll proceed um, and just rap on the door back at right. Franklin and go, uh, Hey there, Franklin. I'm sorry about that. Just had to check on something. Um, I haven't had wizard tea. Just talk to me about some of the ingredients. And uh, while Franklin is telling her about the ingredients, uh, Cassidy wants to do an insight check. And see if the ingredients he is talking about are like typical wizard fare. Mm. Alright, uh yeah, Franklin you you hear him kind of rustling around and then uh, uh let me let me just check the the book with all the the lists of wizard But the first thing in wizard tea is always um water. <laughs> gotta, uh, sometimes uh various uh Leaves are uh, secretions of poison toad. If you, this is for wizard tea. If you want to kill someone, that's a special tea. <laughs> if, you, if you want to uh, kill or hurt someone uh, with it, we call that the uh, the coup tea. If, if you, you wanna... want to trip balls, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's for. I mean, that's what that's what we wizards are all about. <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> oh, oh, I'm 
Ah, funny. Um, ah, uh, sometimes milk. Um, sometimes you, um, you put it in the microwave if you're a... The microwave? If you're a heathen. That's where we know we, we need to burn you. <laughs> so in this land, they find witches if they are weighed the same as ducks, float like churches, or microwave their tea. Oh, there are no pretensions about <laughs> about justifying that a person who microwaves their tea must be a witch or some such. <laughs> they just they just have to be burned. <laughs> I think some of Cam's views are coming out in the podcast tonight. I think these views are fairly universal. <laughs> okay, so even though Cassidy rolled really shit inside yeah. there, so just if she to... only had a friend with her who had. Incredible social skills. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> It'll pay off, I swear. It'll pay off, I swear. Um, so we've got a four plus three. Yeah. I don't think that's enough to figure out whether he's the <laughs> wizard or not. Um, I feel as though Cassidy would kind of be intuiting a few things, though. Um, just from his kind of description of a tea, uh, a wizard tea... I think she would think he's not necessarily magic folk at all because of how <laughs> uncertain he seems. <laughs> but he could also be crazy as shit. So, I think the wise thing to do would be... Uh, I tell you what, my boy. Can I have the tea on the way back up the stairs to give you some time to brew it? Uh, sure, but... um, Thank you so much. Okay, bye-bye. And she's off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you hear like the door open and you just see like... What about the tea? <laughs> On the way back. <laughs> okay. She's heading back further down the stairs. Further down. Is there a further down? Or? No, this like, kind of plateaus out here with this kind of this water feature running through the middle and a few doors and things. Right, 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 right. So I presume there's other areas to go down here? Yeah. Is he the wizard and he just seems crazy as shit? <laughs> you can't answer that because that's not how the game is played. <laughs> yeah, like there are... Like there's kind of a, a main chamber here with about four metal doors kind of kind of at an octagonal shape and you've got this uh, river kind of thing running left to right and then kind of a, a large chamber heading forwards further further in further down yep. so not not stairs but through the chamber I just want to see are there hmm. more doors are there people through doors are there other souls present here uh, as the chamber gets uh, further along it gets uh, smaller and a lot less well lit uh, and eventually it just devolves into what seems to be uh, catacombs or sewers of some kind. Okay, okay, okay. Um, hmm, I, I, I feel like that might be a fair way of, of you telling me not to go that way. Alright, back, back to the crazy fuck. Back to Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we'll go have an audience with Franklin. So, um, getting to the end of there, I think Cassidy um, second guesses her initial assessment, skips back up the way, raps on the door, and says she's ready for the tea. Oh, wonderful! Come come on in, my dear! And the door kind of opens slowly outwards, kind of ajar. Oh, creepy. <laughs> Why? God damn it. So, I think that upon entering the room, um, would it be. E- uh, would it be insight? Would it be investigation? She wants to glance around and see if this seems like the chambers of wizarding folk. Yeah, that'd be a, an investigation role to have a look around and see what up. And that's a ten. Uh, yeah. So I think Cassidy 
being a wizard as well kind of gets a, an, actually roll with an advantage because you're a fucking wizard <laughs> okay uh, seven plus uh, all the proficiencies and the modifier of her intelligence we've got a 14 okay yeah so you kind of you see a lot of flasks and things lying around a lot of almost a kitchen slash lab incredibly unclean very unkempt and kind of standing in the middle of this room holding holding two steaming mugs is kind of a a tall thin kind of man very long white beard very almost decrepit looking and just got like one almost a blue like smock on Hmm. uh with like blue like slip-on shoes that kind of come to a point at the end and a big a big hat Almost like a Santa hat, but a bit taller, uh, blue, and it's got stars on it. Welcome! Uh, my name is... What did I say? Um, Franklin! <laughs> it's a pleasure! Um, did I get your name? I don't know. Cassidy Butterbeard. Cappity Butterbeard. It's a... <laughs> it's a pleasure! Um, His earrings going. <laughs> tea for you. Uh, tea for me. Drink down. Mmm, wizard tea. Don't worry, it's not the kind I described before. <laughs> I feel like I need to do a check. <laughs> uh, but what, what you do get from your check before is that this is like very wizardly and it's kind of set up in a boat and kind of like some of the, the posters on the walls are like of famous wizards and things that, <laughs> that wizards would have up. He's a wizard otaku. That's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a poster up of, of Taco and there's one up of... Uh, did we actually have any wizards in our last game? Uh, you know what? Apart from Cassidy, no, we did not. Yeah, okay. I, I was going to make a reference there to our last campaign, but we didn't have any wizards. I think it says a lot about you as well that you got to the wizard from Adventure Zone and that oh, yeah. was it. But that was it. <laughs> there's one of Alan Rickman in Harry Potter. There's there's a few wizards up there. <laughs> and there's a one just a little bit closer of Alan Rickman's nose. <laughs> and you've got, uh, what's his name? Dumbledore's from Lord of the Rings. You've got everyone. Dumbledore's a fucking troll. <laughs> Absolute troll. Insight check. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, <laughs> I think it's clear that this is the wizard, though. I he doesn't feel like a royal wizard. I feel like he's been a bit neglected, the poor man. Mm. Um, so we'll um, have a sip of the wizard tea. What happens? Okay, uh, roll constitution. Oh, God. This is brandy, isn't it? Uh, five plus three is maths. Eight. <laughs> Eight. Okay. Uh, you are going to take... Some poison damage as this wizard starts cackling. You're like, ah! <laughs> and it kind of gets lower and more cronish. Oh, and you see kind of his features dissolve into this this hag. Oh, <laughs> I can't believe you fell for it, you stupid fuck! Uh, as you <sighs> take. Oh, sorry, what was your constitution roll? Uh, it was a 5 plus 3, 8. Oh, that's not... Now, do you have... I believe you have advantage against poison as a dwarf. Oh, hang on. Uh, you are... Correct! Cool. In features and traits. Uh, we have an 11 plus 3, 14. Okay, that's a bit better. So, you take... 6 plus 2 is 8 poison damage. Okay, very good. 
And you are standing before this strange old crone, this hag. Still in this, this blue smock, it seems like she didn't want to waste any illusory magic on on this. But here in this kind of wizard's basement lab thing, she stands before you. What do you do? This is this is disappointing, Cam. This is very disappointing. <laughs> My intuition was incorrect. Well, uh, it was correct, and then you just went back on it. <laughs> Never doubt yourself, Andy. This has been the motiv- motivational D and D podcast. Never doubt yourself. <laughs> okay. So I think uh, Cassidy, a little bit perturbed from what has just happened is probably just gonna unleash. Um, very much wanting to cast a fireball like at her face. How big's the room? Uh, not huge. Probably 20 feet by 20 feet. Most of it cl- oh, cluttered with crap. How far into the room has Cassidy walked right now? Uh, both right in the center. That's where, uh, f- quote-unquote, Franklin handed you this tea. Okay, so we're not in initiative order at the moment. So what would it take? I'm not going to ask what I just, I'm going to do. Uh, Cassidy is going to step into the doorway. Okay. As Cassidy steps, damn it, she sets off a readied action from the hag. God damn it! As she fires a magic missile at you, at kind of out of it, she outstretches her arms and has kind of cronish, long, disgusting fingernails as she kind of. Almost like uh, Darth Sidious with his lightning, very similar action as she kind of pew, pew, uh, fires. Sorry, kind of how? Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> uh, and she says it, but it's like... Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> she, she fires these magic missiles at you. Can you look at magic missiles? <laughs> <laughs> the most prepared DM. So... What's happening right now is... Uh, Cam might edit this out. I don't yep. know. I am Googling for the DM magic missile. <laughs> I only keep in things that make you look bad. <laughs> you get the final kind of power here, don't you? So, hmm. you create three magic darts. Each dart hits a creature you can see. A dart deals 1d4 plus 1 force damage. The darts all strike simultaneously, and you can direct them to hit one creature or several. If you cast it at a higher level, the spell creates right. one more dart for each slot above. And I believe it's a spell attack. It is... <clears throat> spell attack okay that's a 19 on the Jesus. dice absolutely hits you regardless of what's added a 18 is a hit yeah thanks and a uh, 13 what what do you mean what Jesus Christ sorry. you're rolling well sorry uh, it's a 12 but uh, a 12 yeah uh, oh I'm on DC where's my DC I need to factor in DC your, <laughs> your armor class is 9 9 yeah they all hit because okay I'll roll some d6... No, d4s, in fact. d4s, please. Four, five, six, seven, ten hull damage. So... Okay. Could have been better. But, uh, there you go. And and now you can have a turn. Yeah, sure. Steps back into the doorway. <laughs> Is that a disengage action? No, uh, so she re- had a readied action, so I'm clear to step back now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, cool. So, if the room is 20 foot by 20 foot... 
I'm now in the doorway and in my mind's eye because we're not playing with a with a map in front of us. Right. I'm imagining like the room set out in twenty by twenty squares, and I'm like twenty five. So yeah, the yeah, yeah. Being twenty five. Right on. Yeah. Which leaves me to cast fireball, and for those of you oh. at home, each creature in a twenty foot <laughs> radius sphere centered. On a point you choose must take a dexterity saving throw. So what I'm doing right now is creating an oven of pain. <laughs> oh boy, yeah. No, it's just <laughs> the entire room. Yup! <laughs> okay, I'm going to make a dexterity saving throw. Please do. I'm going to do it with disadvantage because you're filling this whole room and <laughs> with an explosion. <laughs> That's against my spell save DC of 15. Okay, yeah, that's, that's a 14... And a nat 20. And disadvantage means we take the lowest. I'm so lucky. (laughs) (laughs) That only just, only just. No no luck when it comes to blowing up a whole room, my friend. (laughs) So, uh, takes eight. Eight dig six. Holy shit. Oh, boy. You're cooked, son. (laughs) So, uh, two, three. Come on. That's maths. Seven. Seven. (laughs) Oh, a little bit better. 13. 13. So, two more. Eight, dude. Oh, Jesus. Four more. So, So 14. 14. 15, 16, 17. 21. 21. And 25. 25. Okay. On the lower level of what could have come out of that. But, uh, this hag takes 25 fire damage. And then, all these chemicals in this fucking laboratory (laughs) ignite. So roll another 46. Another 46. Yep. 2, 6, 7, uh, 13, 12. Mm, so that's, uh, yeah, 37 fire damage on the hack <laughs> in the room as the flames kind of explode out towards you. I know you make a dexterity save. <laughs> you fair. Because you've only stepped five <laughs> feet out of this room filled with chemicals and then tried to blow it up. You could have stepped further away. I could have, you're right. Uh, so it's an 11 minus 1, 10. <laughs> okay. Take 46 fire damage. Oh, yeah, okay, I'm rolling. You are. One. One. Finally, Six. those roll, low rolls coming in handy. Seven. And that is cock, so I'll roll again. <laughs> that is cock, so I'll roll again. Welcome <laughs> to Copilot's Flying Solo, the cancelled D&D podcast. <laughs> what it was it was i mean for the for the folks at home it landed yeah. directly in the center of my lap so yeah. <laughs> that's 13 i take an and there's our episode damage. title <laughs> that is cocked i'll roll it again so an additional 13 damage so in that fight um so far i've taken a very lovely uh 39 damage <laughs> oh, jesus christ this is why you hire companions and keep them with okay, you. Okay, thanks. Yep, good. <laughs> Remember Dr. Tennant? Boy, wasn't he a fun character? Oh, yeah. Uh, he could have been cool to have around, huh? Moving on. <laughs> anyway, uh, this screaming, burning hag is almost a silhouette as she runs out of the flame towards <laughs> you. Just claws out and just uh, comes for the jugular. Oh, Jesus. As she rolls a... Eight plus... Some other numbers that make it more than nine, because it's at least one. Show you work. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I roll behind a screen. You know, I could be making any of this up. 
That sounds strange for a game like D&D. I know. It's also <laughs> determined and, and scripted and rules heavy. Anyhow, you take a meager six, <clears throat> nine slashy damage. Nine slashing damage. Nine slashing damage. Okay. Yep. Uh, that puts me at uh, 39 uh, maths. Uh, 48 damage total from this fight, and I've got a total health pool of 55. Holy crap. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, you are both kind of outside of this door now, uh, and as she's... Roll dexterity, sorry. uh, As as this burning hag comes at you. Uh, 19 minus 118. Okay, yeah, so she she manages to, to slash at you, but you manage to kind of step around in such a way that the flames don't engulf you as well. <laughs> Smart lad. And uh, she takes damage for ending her turn whilst on fire, which is which is quite a good thing. And the turn passes to one Cassidy Butterbeard. So she's still living. She's still living. She's right up at you, uh, right next to you. The turn is yours. She's burning, but not doing well. Uh, her cackles have turned somewhat to uh, ghoulish screams. And in the time... Um... That, you know, between turns, Cassidy's internal monologue's going. And she remembers, you know, battles past where she has been, you know, a little bit close to fainting. She hasn't been this low in hit points for quite some time, actually. And she recalls a a battle in the Feywild some time ago where she met an ethereal owl. And this ethereal owl had the ability to uh, kind of act as a familiar specializing in very low-level healing magic. Now, Andy, are you saying you know a guy? I know a bird. (laughs) Yes. So so in this moment, Cassidy's feeling like she's in a little bit of trouble, and she goes, you know what? And whispering to Chatters, I know a guy for this. I'm in a little bit of danger, but I do know a guy. And kind of imbuing her words with some magical essence into the ears of Chatters, I I think Cassidy's hoping that this ethereal owl will kind of get the message through the ether and mm. maybe send some sort of aid. So is is Chatters also some sort of conduit, I suppose, for uh, well, communication? He is a he's a magical focus, so I imagine That's true. I imagine so. Okay. What is the name of this fey owl of yours? Pasta Feathers Poots McGee. <laughs> okay, you you wait a moment, and in a moment of of sheer luck, in through where this river seems to connect, uh, you hear a, a reverberating, echoing, <clears throat> and as it gets closer, <clears throat> and then in comes... A white snow owl, very owl, owl-shaped, uh, owl-sized, and kind of flies in and lands on the uh, the charred open metal door, kind of perched near the, the two of you in this fight, and says, Kakor, I, I am Victor, son of Feathers McGee, or um, Pastor Feathers Hoots McGee, as, as his formal acquaintances knew him. I hear through the network of magic to what chatters is connected that you could hear use some some healing. But I'm busy, so uh, I'll be quick. And he kind of flies overhead, and almost like snow, 
glitters from below his wings as he kind of circles the room, falling uh, down upon you and reinvigorating as he he flies away out through the uh, the other side of this kind of flowing river and and out and away. And you just hear, enjoy the magical healing dandruff. <laughs> Kakor. Kakor. <laughs> so magical healing <laughs> Thank you for giving me that because that was a stretch. Um, so <laughs> with the magical healing tantrum, what in terms of numbers? What do I? You regain three d eight of healing. Three d eight. Okay, cool. Three d eight. Six, eight, seven. Now I roll well. Good. <laughs> Six, eight, seven. Beautiful. You are healed. And it is now your turn in this combat of foes fighting one another. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> in battle. I wanted to drag, uh, saying it's a fight out as long as I could. And then give me time to look up at my spells. <laughs> yeah. Let me check my thesaurus. <laughs> uh, okay, 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 okay. Um, this is something I've asked before, but I can never remember the answer. Can I use, like, a, a bonus action to, like, kind of ch- check out what kind of state she's in? Can I do, like, an investigation? You, you can look. Okay. You know, that's... But do I need to roll no, for it, or are you just going to tell uh, me? It depends. What are you trying to do? I just you're... want to figure out whether she looks like she's starting to, like, wear down, or whether... whether. I mean, her movement's pretty, like, sluggish compared to... Okay. To what, like when you saw her lift her hands for that med- magic missile compared to when she came at you with her claws, uh, and she's on fire and in a lot of pain, as you can tell from the screams. Okay, good. And uh, generally not doing well. Okay, good. Uh, magic missile. Okay, right back at her. Right back at her. How do you like a taste of your own medicine? Super close, point blank range. Perfect spot for it, really. Yep kind of fingers to just I want to say just her like head <laughs> just like <laughs> just like planting one hand on either side of her head oh like, okay we're doing that <laughs> that's fine <laughs> okay then roll the dice roll the dice roll the dice roll the dice take a chance <laughs> welcome back to motivational D&D take a chance well, everyone no, she needs to uh, roll a save against my DC does she not I believe it's a uh, spell attack, ah. so it's plus your spell attack modifier. Okay, cool. So that would be my spell attack bonus of seven, yeah? Yes, indeed. Damn! You got no health, but you're a good wizard. Uh, 1d4. So, no, no, no. Uh, 3d20, one for each, each dart. Oh, of course, I apologize. Yes, indeed. I've never actually used a wizard before. Uh, one. Okay. <laughs> Three plus seven. Three plus seven. Don't do it. Ten. Four plus seven, eleven. <laughs> At point blank range, you've placed your hands on either side of this hag's head, uh, and the missiles shoot upwards out of your fingers just into the ceiling. I need to buy new dice. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay, what's the hag do? Uh, the hag just grabs you. Oh god. I think so. Roll, uh, roll strength. I think just a strength contest for a grapple. Fantastic. Oh, that's a six. Plus, where's my strength? Uh, it's a six. Oh, okay. Well, uh, she embraces you in a warm hug. A warm oh, hug. God. Oh, God. As your robes start to, to go up in flames. As in tandem, you each take six damage. Hmm, that's disappointing for 
that set of dice, but six fire damage for each of you. <laughs> God. And now the turn is yours. Alrighty, alrighty, alrighty. So. And these screams turn into screaming cackles now. They're really a, an insane hybrid. For your sonic comfort, I shan't replicate them. <laughs> okay, so. Uh, ooh, 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 ooh. I'm, I'm blown away by the by the failure of the magic missile. It's, that's quite upsetting. <laughs> it's quite upsetting. Um, look, she's just going to try it again. She's just going to try it again. Okay, well, you're crapping. You see. Oh god! Why this hag on fire is the issue. So you can shoot some magic missiles probably straight down because mm. your your arms are probably kind of pointing. If you want to set your feet on fire, well, the good news is that's going to happen to it anyway. Now tell me if I, if we can't really have this conversation. Um, what about something that would do like pushing damage, or do I need to break the grapple to be able to do anything? It depends on the spell and its components. If you need to be able to use your arms to do it, then you're in trouble. If you only need to say, pushity washity as a, a verbal spell, then <laughs> then you're all good. So really where my head's at at the moment is fire is, uh, is thunder wave. But what I'm going to check real quick is whether it's only verbal or whether you need hand movements to cast it. Mm. And uh, visual and somatic. Oh, sorry, verbal and somatic. So I need mm. to use my hands to be able to do yep. that for somatic. Now, is that correct? No matter, like you, you can move your hands, so mm. you can pull off the spell. What will happen? Feel free to roll the dice. Yeah. Okay. I think I've got a feel <laughs> for what's going to happen here. Um. 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 um oh, this is an in, this is a terrible situation for a wizard. For anybody wondering, it's a very bad situation for a wizard. So, uh, oh. I'm wondering now about burning hands. And really for, again, people at home, I'm taking way too long to figure this out. Like, a, a harsher DM would just be like, all right, next, and just pass the turn. I <laughs> mean, um, Cam, like, how long is the standard turn meant to go for in terms of real time? Like, in real time, a round of Dungeons and Dragons is six seconds, which means <laughs> everything that, every thought and every action that's occurring, uh, each person involved has six seconds to make it happen. Good. Well, that's been, like, anyway. <laughs> Burning hands! So I'm going to try and do, like, the Dr. fucking strangey weird hand sigils mm -hmm. for burning hands, even though I'm grappled. Let's give that a go. So what am I rolling? So you uh, should probably roll the dice for with disadvantage, or like, what's happening here? Uh, let's see. Yeah, so it's a dexterity saving throw for this hag, so I'm going to give her... <clears throat> let's see. Well, she's going to have to ungrapple if she wants to succeed the throw, so I think... It's it's a disadvantage and it's an advantage which comes out to just a standard roll as kind of you. Okay. I think she's got her arms around you, but she's quite close, so you can kind of probably like grab onto her, her waist or something with you these, can touch her up these nice burning hands. Touch her up as she, nice as she rolls a save to see if she can gyrate out of the way. <laughs> she cannot. <laughs> she don't got the moves. Uh, so a creature takes 3d6. Ah, damage. Please roll good for once. It's a four. One. Ah! And one. Jesus Christ. Six damage. Okay, she takes six fire damage. So, do you. Well, let me check. She, she's still holding on to you. And you each take seven fire damage. And with this damage from this fire that she's on that she's taken, you hear a, a scream from this hag as she, she steps back and, and stumbles <coughs> backwards. 
and yells, Is this the end of Night Hag, Rick Paris? As she she falls backwards into this this kind of river, this stream in the middle of the room, and you hear a, you see this flume of steam just rise up around you. You have killed my night hag, and you are on fire. Oh, oh, jeez! Oh, oh, goodness! Oh, and it's like I don't, mean, I don't mean it in the motivational way. <laughs> patting yourself out like with uh, with chatters, like trying to put the <laughs> trying to put the flames out. Um, where's the moat? There's a moat nearby. Yeah, there's water. There's like a river. Yeah, the one that she's in. That she just fell in. Remember, if you're paying attention. No, no I'm, uh, sorry. Okay, I'm panicking. Um, yeah, <laughs> you you can jump into this, like, this in. river and yeah, dive okay. in. Yeah, no, with the, a splash. Yeah, the the fire is gone, and it's it's very horrifying as you see like this this charred burnt night hag corpse kind of next to you in the water. It's rather terrifying, <laughs> I would think. It's and, like a it's like a nice bone broth, really. Uh, so, and you see uh, as you you kind of pop up your head out of the water, you see. At the base of the stairs, uh, High Prince Apollo and, and two of his brightly colored guards. And he's just like screaming like a little kid who, who's seeing like this, a charred corpse bobbing up and down in a river would probably uh, scream. Uh, and he just kind of, what, what's going on? Ah! Etc. <laughs> oh, poor buddy. Mm. Um, never mind me, boy. Just a bit of a, a strange creature in your basement. Um, uh, probably best for you to. Maybe pop upstairs, but leave one of the guards here with me, maybe? Uh, and he kind of just nods, like, uh, 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 Okay! And kind of heads back up the stairs, kind of shaking and jittery. And you hear the the guard, like, D- Don't worry, sir, we'll, we'll make you a, a hot chocolate, and uh, <laughs> it'll all be okay. Um, so they head up. So are both guards heading back? Did they listen to uh, kind of one, that? one is kind of staying, although he seems apprehensive at what's happening. And as you, I assume, clamber out of the water, You're dripping. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> dripping, but like with with very charred and tattered clothes. Although only in spots, and you're not looking too immodest. But thank uh, you. Uh, a trip to the market might be required at some point. And at this point, uh, one of these metal doors in the room opens. One on the other side, uh, and out steps. A tall, spindly man with a long white beard, and he's got this blue <laughs> bathrobe on, and and blue slippers, and he's got uh, a mug in one hand, and he looks kind of tired, and he, he blinks his eyes, and he goes, "Hmm, well, what, what's going on here, then, me laddies? What's all the commotion? Are you? Oh, please tell me it's you, you gorgeous wizard bastard. Um, I am a wizard, <clears throat> yes." Uh, my name is Plasetsky, and uh, you might be... Uh, Cassidy, brushing, like, charred cloth away from her now, still dripping. Uh, Cassidy, Butterbeard, here, uh, we need to save the town. I need you and your magic powers and your beard. Well, do, do you mean you need my, my beard, like, cut off me, or...? Oh, no, 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 keep it on you. look rather dashing, but you got a beard. I've got a lady mm. beard. We make a lovely set. He just stands there for a second and looks to the guard and the guard just kind of nods at him and he looks back at you and is like, mm. Just a second, me dear. Uh, let, me, let, me, let me get ready. And he kind of steps back in and you hear like rustling and changing of clothes as he changes out of this, this bathrobe. And he, he steps out in this kind of, this long kind of smock outfit with 
Uh, it's blue, kind of like the one the hag had, so it seems like she might have raided his cupboard for her disguise and raided what appears to have been his lab on the other side. And uh, But it's, this one's got stars all on it, and he's got this tall, like, dunce hat, but just blue oh, with the God. stars on it and the, the curled toe shoes and everything. Mm-hmm. And he's got this, this black cat kind of draped over his shoulders. Uh, and he just says, All right, um... Let's go. Uh, so, so, what was going on? Sorry, uh, uh, um, sorry, 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 sorry. I'll, I'll tell you what's happening. Uh, but before I, I do, do you have any potions, any healing, anything that can just get get the old vigor back up? Uh, is it? Uh, sure thing. Uh, just in the. Did you know there was a hag in the cupboard? Um, that's not the cupboard. That's the the lab. Let me just uh, pop in and grab you some healing potions. Oh no! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God damn it! And, and he kind of steps over and see like the blast marks all around like the outside of the door, and he just pops his head and says, "So we've run out of healing potions." <laughs> uh, he just kind of looks at you and says, "Um, but um, oh dear, um, oh, I hope she wasn't." And he kind of looks in the room and kind of looks around. And, I, I seem to have... I don't want to run off anywhere um, before I I find my cat, if you can help me find her. Did you not have the cat around your neck when you came out? Can you feel it there? Is it warm? Is the cat still there? <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he turns, like, to his left and, like, leans back a bit and sees the, the oh, cat on his shoulder. Like, oh, Scratch. I'm so there you are. I'm so sorry. That was almost lost on me. What you were doing there? That's gorgeous. <laughs> I accidentally sent you on a, a very long side quest through all the way through the town. She has a lot of places she likes to go in the city, and I'd have had you checking every one of them. Okay, Woo-hoo. let's go. <laughs> I'm so disappointed that I always missed what was happening. <laughs> there was there was a wild goose chase planned. Oh. That possibly wouldn't have ever stopped until you realized so, uh, <laughs> see i do pay attention yeah no i'm, I'm very glad i'm very glad we got that sorted and you add one wizard to inventory uh, inventory mm-hmm. one this is a classic point wizard. and click game you, you know you need to from your inventory you know use wizard on door kind of classic <laughs> lucasarts point and click Guybrush three put kind of stuff. I just love I, the mental image of that conjures is just picking the wizard up and rubbing him on the door. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, we're cracking on. Um, we need to find. Wait, okay. I, I haven't even told you what's happening, have I, my boy? We're walking like yeah. Back you, up you can now. just say we walk and talk, and then <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we walk. We engage in a wizardly montage. So what's happening is essentially, uh, you know why they call the city the punch ball, right? Yeah. So it's about to kind of, that name's about to come to fruition. So I need you and I need the other two wizards. And what we're going to do is kind of stop it. You mm. understand? Uh, yeah. And, and uh, Plusetsky kind of looks up at this guy. And he's like, that's odd. I, I thought it was never meant to, to rain here. You know, they always used to jokingly say, never build a city on a floodplain because it, it hasn't rained here in probably hundreds of years. It, uh, well, How fun. <laughs> okay, off we trot. <laughs> Good. Mm. And off we trot. So um, in the process of going and obtaining these other two wizards, uh, is there, where can I get healed? Because we've got... Only for lack of a more real-world term, ten hit points. <laughs> yeah, uh, you can go and, and 
visit a medical man somewhere in town. All right. All right, all right, all right. You, all right, you have right. your jeweled pieces to, to spend as you see fit. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I gave um, 50 gold pieces to my dude up front. Yep, and an extra one. And an extra one, yep. So I'm down to 49 gold pieces. So we've been in... And just to refresh my memory here. So we've been in like... This area is ruled by all three of the monarchs collectively. They've got their individual castles, though, do they? They've got basically territories, essentially split in three. So uh, High Prince Apollo has kind of the southern part. Yeah. Uh, the center is Adama's, and yeah. then Joseph has kind of the uh, the more northern part. And it's kind of not like a, a straight split, like uh, Neapolitan ice cream. It's more like <laughs> uh, at the uh, East Wall, where you emerged, is the central palace, uh, where they all meet, and then the division kind of starts from there. So it's almost like a, a diagonal line going up into the right and uh, up into the left and mm, down to the left. More to the point, they all have their individual abodes. They do, yes. Okay, cool. Uh, all right, so heading to abode number two, we've been to Apollo's. We've got um, Adama and, oh, testing my brain, the other guy. Joseph. Joseph, thank you Which so I much. did say in the last minute. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> yes. That's why I said testing my yes. brain. And, and <laughs> your politician Litwick, uh, Litwick has made his way to Adama to see Marvelous. if he can grant you uh, a hearing. Marvellous. Well, we should probably crack on to... Let's crack on to uh, Litwick and join him, I think. Sure. And see how he's progressing. Uh, in the process, <laughs> find a healing man. Okay, so I think you probably head to kind of a, a doctor on the way then before meeting up with Litwick. Okay. That was a question. But... I'm agreeing. So, who can... <laughs> I agree to your question. <laughs> yes, you may ask me this question. Yeah. <laughs> this question is allowed. I consent to your question. <laughs> Okay, so actually, um, uh, where we're heading uh, is the tavern on the way. There can be one. The tavern where we, where oh, we I saw see. the mercenaries. Uh, it's not a direct path, but you're more than welcome to go there. No, it's stay direct. So um, let's go direct, uh, keeping the eyes peeled, uh, looking for a medicine man. A lot. So it's going to be like a main drag, yeah? Like a main street, is it? Uh, it's kind of a... Uh... A maze-like city, being that it has round walls, they can't really okay. afford to have a main street with all the the kind of buildings they want to have. Uh, but there are a few kind of main strips. It's kind of like uh, in town where you have like the three dentists in a row, that kind of thing. Okay, cool. So. I'm kind of imagining a bit of a like a civic layout of uh, for anybody that's played uh, Haunting of the House on the Hill or whatever. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Uh, be- betrayal at House on <laughs> the Hill, you. like a. Yeah, like a modular tile board game kind of thing. Yeah. All right, so progressing up the way, um, hmm. I've got the the wizard's coming with me. Yes. Uh, yeah. If you if you Oof. want him to, you can send him somewhere to wait for the others if you like. I think um, he's kind of dawdling a bit. Oh, well, I think I'm going to take lessons from what happened previously. Keep everyone with me. Never split the party, <laughs> hey. Um, and while we're walking. Uh, Hey, my boy, uh, I'm so sorry about all your portion ingredients. While we're off to see the next lad, whose name we don't know yet, well, I don't know. Do you know his name, the next wizard? Um, I don't really stay in contact with anybody. I kind of like to stay to my basement and kind of 
fuck around, you know. Your, your basements and faff about and, and your so. hags. Okay, no worries. Um, you, I don't suppose uh, spending all your time down there, you know where I can get healed, can you? Do you? Uh, maybe. Probably a, a, a doctor, you know. Maybe and you kind of pull someone like randomly off the street. And say, you there, young man? Do you know where we can see a medic? And they they have like a short conversation. <clears throat> uh, uh-huh. Within earshot of you, I suppose. So you you, you, you hear him <laughs> getting like gravitating, <laughs> and he just kind of comes out like, "I thought men were meant to be too proud to get directions." <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh god! So did he get information about the cleric, or just some more quip material? <laughs> uh, no, he, he found directions to like the nearest uh, medic, so you can go and, and get yourself healed up. Right, right, off we go. You stop off at this this doctor. Uh, Doctor Jenny, and Jenny. and he's more than accommodating to to see you on on short notice when he sees kind of your burns and things, and and let you skip the the queue. And there are people who have been waiting a bit, uh, and they're they're a bit annoyed that they have to wait so <laughs> long for the doctor, not understanding that doctors have to to cram so many visits into one day and are under <laughs> so much pressure to work you know more than nine hours a day and all this kind of thing. Despite all the the training they have and respect, they're due. Thank you for pandering. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know any doctors. I don't know who's going to be thanking me for this. But someday. So what happened to the doctor, Cam? <laughs> okay, yeah, uh, Doctor Jenny, who is a uh, a a tall uh, half orc man with very <laughs> with very small spectacles uh, on his face that like. Barely, barely, like, they're like 10% of his whole uh, face size, but he kind of uh, invites you in and asks, So, what's wrong, my dear? Uh, burns everywhere, uh, low um, uh, kind of vitality. Can you fix me up, my boy? Um, yes, we can Can check that up. And he, he grabs a couple of uh, Erlenmeyer flasks, one that's kind of a, a blue neon liquid in it and one that has the kind of green healing potion that you're, you're familiar with. And says, uh... Take uh, take two of these with water. And he kind of just hands them over to you. And then a glass of water as well. Um, and, and then just says, unless you're not thirsty, in which case... <laughs> Shit! No need for the water. Just smashes them. Just throws them Yeah. Uh, he says, alright, uh, very good. And uh, do you have um, uh, a copay on that one? Or is it just... Uh, <laughs> what what do I owe you? Uh, it'll be uh, 25 golden pieces. Not to worry, I'm actually in the employ... Of uh, Prince Apollo at the moment. You can see I'm travelling with his court physician. Oh, not court physician. He's court wizard. And I'm sure you can build court, the palace. Court magician. You could magician. have had the, uh, the, uh. the wonderful rhyme on that. But you kind of fucked it. Oh, thank you, my boy. I remember that for the future. Won't I? <laughs> you build the palace uh, on that one for me, will you? Um, well, I've never seen this strange man before. And he looks uh, insane. You just stumbled on in, brought a, a cat into this kind of sterile environment. Um, so I, yeah, she puts actually, down just uh, 25 pieces and bales. Right, <laughs> uh, you can roll a, uh, either a persuasion or a deception if you want to try and, and get away with it. Not 20! <laughs> Not 20! Yeah. Oh, okay. Finally! Uh, yeah, he just kind of says, Oh, uh, my... I'm... <laughs> I'm so sorry, uh, a member of, of High Prince Apollo's uh, court, of course, of course. It's on me. And he, he hands you another a potion. Uh, so, oh, here you go, this will get you up to, to full uh, health, my lady. Do <laughs> um, <laughs> so wonderful to see uh, you and the, the court magician. It's um, so, so glad you could come in today. 
Long live the crown. <laughs> and she stands up. Death and... to the revolutionaries. <laughs> she stands up and gives him a, just a peck on the cheek and marches out the door. <laughs> Fantastic. See, your dice will serve you well sometimes. <laughs> Occasionally. Yeah. But it wasn't just, really crucial. But Just uh, never in go. battle. Yeah. <laughs> because um, for those of you listening... And I should have learnt my lesson by now. I'm using the same dice that I used in the last campaign. And honestly, they didn't serve me well then, so I don't know why I'm still using them. These dice have never come through in battle for some reason, and I realise that statistically that seems strange. Uh, but most of the time, it's <laughs> lackluster. So I'm I'm reliving the previous kind of campaign that we played. <laughs> but let's, let's progress mm. up the street to the next kind of zone, to the next location... And how are the streets, how are the, how's the demeanour of the people on the way to the next kind of royal abode? Uh, so you're not really drawing many uh, stairs or things. For the most part, people are pretty uh, preoccupied, but kind of, you can see the further away you get from Apollo's palace, kind of the, the poorer areas get, and you get into more uh, industrial, lower class kind of areas, people who seem like maybe they're not too well off financially, even like a few people living... Uh, in the streets who are having an incredibly kind of hard time of it with this this water coming down which uh, with you know with every hour that passes becoming just a bit more and more powerful as the sky gets darker and grayer uh but still not that much in the way of winds or lightnings or thunders or what have you uh but as you get kind of further away from apollo's palace you get kind of that kind of area and then as you get closer towards adama's palace it seems to get a bit more uh uh well off and a lot more well kempt and kind of it seems like there are kind of nobles and very self-respecting kind of people oh. as opposed to around apollo it wasn't that kind of more adult person i guess people kind of flock to who they they more see themselves in uh and as you're getting fairly close uh you see what looks to be almost a, a church and there's not much religion going on in this city uh but there's uh someone in the doorway and they've got just a finger out kind of luring you in as if to say come <laughs> over here nope <laughs> it's another hag nope <laughs> uh it's not a hag and you're in public anyway so <laughs> no nope! just don't drink any tea <laughs> Um, I'll turn to uh, to my wizard friend and well, what do you reckon, my boy? I'd hate to be rude. Oh Jesus Christ! But also maybe don't ask the DM what the DM wants. Wink. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're cracking on. I, I, we need to get to the next castle. We need to get the wizards. Moving okay. on, moving on, moving on. <laughs> okay, you crack on, and as you're you're cracking on, uh, you get pretty close to this palace and you can see it now and it's a lot smaller and a lot more subdued My eyes are than Apollo's <laughs> I would never describe let's stop you know, let's, let's stop there <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, a lot less mm. extravagant yep. than uh, and the a, child yeah palace. a lot less extravagant very pragmatic and practical and efficient it doesn't have all these lush gardens and things it doesn't have these high walls around the edge that are almost fortified for no reason it seems to be almost closer to a like a town hall kind of thing than a castle uh, but there are still you know uh, banners flying and all this kind of high princely thing but 
Um, Adama's the oldest of the three? He's the middlest. Middlest of the three. And you are jumped. Oh, God. By, by three urchin types who just rolled stealth and, and beat your passive perception skill. What about the passive perception of my wizard friend and his cat? You are correct. On one count, I'm not rolling for the cat's perception unless you want the cat to just run away and then you'd have to go and find the cat. Uh, for the listeners, the only reason why I bring up the cat is in some campaigns, uh, your familiar gives you boons and I believe the cat either does perception or stealth and in hindsight, I think it's stealth. Uh, you've not asked, but... No, I have not. No, I'm... <laughs> uh, Roll, I guess, just uh, Arcana, which is kind of the, the general magic skill. <laughs> <laughs> Worst wizard ever! That is, going back to what I was saying about these dice mm. not serving me. Well, that is still... I do have a modifier seven. of 7 on this, but I rolled in 3 on that. So it's a total of 10. Yeah, so from what you can tell, this isn't so much a familiar, it's just... It's a cat. A, it's a cat. It's just, it's just <laughs> his cat. So the, these urchins run up on you, and uh, neither uh, Plisetsky nor his cat uh, notice them. So they will get a, a surprise round of attack on you. And as they kind of attack you with their their blades, which are rather dull, not super shiny or fantastic, you you hear one of them saying, um, and it's, uh, sorry, it's one orc and two, two humans. And the uh, one of the humans kind of says, <coughs> Loyalists, come! You had your chance! Oh. And off you go to visit the High Prince. And then... We were in the doctor's office because we had to wait. And you got to go first as you... We heard you telling the, the doctor that you are on Apollo's payroll. You had your chance. Fever the revolution! As they come at you with swords. It's a, a three. is a five from one of them. Because he's, uh, I guess, bad mm-hmm. at the game. <laughs> uh, a nine plus something is a hit. And... Uh, an 18 from the uh, the orc. Mm-hmm. So you will take from the first... No. Yeah, from the, the first one. Two plus two. Four entire slashing damage. Oh no! Oh no. But from the big fellow, he comes at you with two attacks. Okay. With a, not, still not the best sword, kind of a, a rusty deal. It seems like the revolution isn't going great on funds, maybe. That's five, and then he gets a secondary attack hmm. with a disadvantage because he's taking not very good. That's a nat 20 and a 13, so either way. That's five plus four, nine damage from him. Okay. And uh, Plisetsky kind of steps aside in worry as this is happening. <clears throat> okay, and um, aside, um, if I... Sorry, if Cassidy Butterbeard... Um, kind of directs him as he's stepping, making a hand gesture to move behind her. Mm. Would he see it? I think so, yes. And he would gladly oblige. Marvellous. And as he does so, in, uh, for lack of a better phrase, uh, a five... Is it a five-foot diamond? Hang on. Let me figure out this spell, everyone. Riveting listening. Yay! (laughs) So what I'm considering doing is casting Earth Tremor... Uh, each creature... Be so- How close are they? Uh, they're right on you. They just attacked you at melee range. All right. So so I'm going to guide Pesetsky to... Still, Ca- Cassidy's going to guide 
Pesetsky to kind of stand behind him, which maybe is still dubious, but protecting from the blades. So, um, as they're attacking, um, uh, she's going to try her strong point, politics. (laughs) 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 Which is why we need Litwick. But anyway... Um, oh, wow, 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 my boys, my boys. Uh, okay, that was a bit of a lie. I'm just trying to save the city. Please understand that this is kind of for the greater good. You'll thank me later, I promise. And would that be like, it's not a deception check, but I want to roll to convince persuasion. Uh, sure, yeah, roll persuasion. Come on, let me down again, dice. Oh, it's a, th- it's, a oh, it's a 12. Oh, okay, I think... They they believe that you're you're doing what's best for the city, but they don't care. Oh Jesus! Mm. Okay, they're proper villains. Lovely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're just like loyalist bitch, and then one of them's like, you "Can't say that, loyalist loyalist slag." <laughs> yeah, and, and then like the the big ones like, "Come on, guys, let's let's not you know let's not gender it." You know, like loyalist hyena. <laughs> Are you saying I look like a dog? Dogs are cute and cuddly. You look like a hyena. I feel bad for the hyenas now. So do I. Oh, damn! <laughs> All right, initiative. What's happening? <laughs> yeah, and they just kind of say, "With the 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 loyals can can drown for all we care, and and so can you drown in our swords." As he as they kind of just come at you with attacks. What a mighty zinger! A hit for one of the standard lads. A hit for one of the standard lads. <laughs> And a hit for the big fella. Oh, jeez. And for... I'll just roll it now. For his second attack... It's a miss. What am I taking, then? Seven... Eight, nine, ten, eleven from the standard lads. Okie dokie. And... An additional seven for eighteen damage. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Okie dokie. Uh, we better end this quickly, then. And, um... Hmm. I wonder how Cassidy would do this. Because this is a little bit more... Grand and involved and leaning into Cassidy's wizarding nature. So for those of you listening, there's a specific ability called spell sculpting. So it's it's kind of higher level a little bit. Um, what Cassidy's going to do is summon a pretty balls-out high-level spell, but shape it in such a way that it only hits the enemies, and will uh, hopefully, with a bit of flavor allow us to move on. So the spell is called Ice Storm. Oh boy. So we've got another lovely 24 radius spell. <laughs> um, centered on a point. They've got to make a dexterity save. What she wants to do with spell shaping is like bring it around so it like arcs and gets them, but I don't know if it would form like a wall or a slippery surface. Does it change surfaces at all? The answer is areas are difficult terrain, so she wants the twenty foot radius to kind of be in between her and the and the merchants. Like, is can mm. we spell shape it that way? Hmm. I realize I'm like yeah. yeah I'm... I, I think you're you're out in the open enough, and due okay. to the storm, there aren't very many people around. That there's probably not much need of shaping this. Okay. Good. 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 And uh, in terms of um, for those of you that have played uh, lethal and non lethal damage. Can I make a spell non-lethal? Is that a thing? I think in the middle of a storm, when you're calling down an <laughs> ice storm... Oh, shit. No. No, you can't. Well... You I don't w- have that level of control. Look, I would cast, like, hold person if I had it, but 
Alright, 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 alright. So, uh, they need to make a dexterity save against my spellcasting DC of 15, if I remember correctly. Okay. The, uh, the small fellas fail. Good. Uh, the, the large orc somehow succeeds. Jesus! But where he's standing will still become difficult to run out. Yes. Lovely. 2d8 bludgeoning and 4d6 cold. <laughs> so, uh, four. Okay, the, the little okay, the little fellas. This is just like as the precipitation starts to come in, as you hold out your arms and the the just the cold power starts to work its way upwards. The uh, the the rain that is pelting down starts to just as a byproduct freeze, oh, turning to to stone cold bullets. Which riddle these small fellas who no. <laughs> weren't super tough as they just like fall down dead in, in puddles of oh. blood, ice, and water. Oh. Do continue rolling. Oh. Oh. Okay. 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 Um, bearing in mind that the big fella, because he succeeded, still takes half. Mm. Um, so I'll add that up and I'll give you the number at the end. Uh, 46 cold damage. Two. Another two is four. Five. Oh, and a six. <laughs> so, 11 uh, cold damage. So the big fella is taking half of 19. Do we roll up or down? We round up. Round because up. bigger numbers are cooler. So, nine? What, what did you say? What, 19? 19. Uh, so that'd be 10. Oh, up. damn. Okay. He takes, yeah, he takes 10 damage then. Okay, yeah. And we, we kind of see, <laughs> uh, as this happens, like the... The, the water above you starts to turn to ice and then just this column of, of ice become, begins to like swirl with the clouds and the storm as the wind starts to, to blow it and you accidentally send like these spindly bullets of, oh, of ice almost just all around the town just kind of causing a bit of damage and devastation everywhere they go and most of it's just hitting buildings and things as it's coming <laughs> in from an angle but uh, you have you have summoned an ice storm in the middle of a regular storm and, and suffered the consequences. And, uh... Well, I should do extra damage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I suppose what I wanted to do then was... It's an extra chaos. It just it didn't yeah. really go where you wanted it to, but, uh... Okay, okay, okay. Th This orc has taken significant uh, pain so from your actions. With the initiative order, I still have, like, my quote-unquote movement. He's on difficult terrain, and if I figured it out the right way, I'm not. Can I grab... My wizard bro and just scarper? Uh, if you like, yeah, you can just run away from the, the horror you've caused. Oh, we're off! <laughs> okay. Because I didn't want to kill anyone, I wanted to create chaos and leave them trapped on the difficult terrain and bail, <laughs> and now I've just... Okay. I see. I'm sorry. By using your most powerful spell. Look, I'm running out of spell slots, alright? <laughs> <laughs> then using the most powerful spell is not the solution. <laughs> In terms of economy of spell slots, <laughs> that's like saying, "Oh, I'm, I oh know, I'm running out of ten dollar notes. Better use my only hundo." I'll tell you what. Look, I didn't see the other players in this party make any suggestions. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been waiting to use that one? <laughs> Longer than I care to admit. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, 
fantastic. He kind of like slips and slides on the ice in what would be a slapstick way if the ice wasn't stained red with the blood of his compatriots who were dead and frozen on the ground underneath him. It's like the Benny Hill music, but in a minor key. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, geez. (laughs) Okay, let's move on. Move on. Yeah, as you you make your way towards the palace gates of High Prince Adama. Leaving behind this this icy disaster you have caused. Oh, I'm sorry. And the the general chaos you've caused in kind of the, the whole general area. You head towards the uh, the less than imposing, very pragmatic gates of the palace of High Prince Adama, and we'll leave it there. Cassidy Butterbeard, any final notes before we leave the people? Ah, oh, shit! Oh, shit! Oh, shit! Oh, shit! Oh, shit! Good stuff! <laughs> and as strange as it is to say, because I normally uh, sign off with a joking, we'll see you for episode two of such and such, the joke being that there never will be in episode two, we'll see you next time for episode three of Flying Solo. And thank you so much for listening to Co Pilots. Take care, my pretties. <laughs>